So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. Friday night, eleven oh seven Eastern Standard Time. We're a little uh, a little late today. We do appreciate uh, everybody joining us here on Smack Talk on the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. So, what do y'all want to talk about on tonight's episode here on the Sports Keto Wrestling Twitter, YouTube, Facebook? Well, let's the- talk about. Hey, I tell you what. Why don't we talk about the big elephant in the room? Uh. Let's start it off with that. Life's fresh. I know. I'm 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 growing my hair out. It's a different look. I know. I'm, yeah. Growing my hair out to try to donate it. So yeah, it's it's a bit of a different look. I'm trying to get through how the you, phase right you, now. How do you Rick? How old am I? Thirty four. Thirty four. Still got. It's all there. It's still all there. Yeah, mine is too. I'm twice age. I'm sorry for you. It's right here. Do appreciate everybody in the uh, comment section already. Ozzy and Andy and Lisa and Steven and Ricky and Safet and Daniel. We appreciate you guys. Ozzy actually uh, giving me a a compliment. I I appreciate that. Uh, Safet asking, is Sasha Banks gone from WWE? Or he's saying that is a statement. We'll get there. Uh, you guys remember when, like, Jeff Hardy was the biggest story of the week for all of about eight seconds? Yeah. Uh, well, apparently WWE said, hold my beer. Uh, and this is, uh, we're now, what, a couple of days removed from the bombshell yep. Wall Street Journal report that Vince McMahon uh, has um, is under investigation by his own board of directors for allegedly paying $3 million in hush money to cover up an affair with a 41-year-old paralegal. Sid, me and you have talked about this on some other channels, I do believe. Uh, we have talked about age have to do with it. Oh, you know, four years, four years younger than his own daughter. I'm just throwing it out there, uh, Dutch. Just throwing that out there. If he was 25, would you say 41 year old, a fair e person? Yes, it's a fact. All I'm doing is stating facts. Uh, anyway, I do believe Sid and I have given our thoughts on this on uh, another network, I do believe. Uh, so, uh, Dutch, uh, your thoughts on the Wall Street Journal report and everything that uh, that dropped this week? Well, People want to know. Seriously, you know, it, it took me by surprise. But if you go back and you look at it, it started in April. But I think it started before then. Apparently, this woman, whoever she is, heretofore unnamed, let's call her Betty, let's call the hell up Betty, signed an NDA, non-disclosure agreement, 
and nothing was supposed to be said about it. But it was, what is most in this whole thing is that she's in violation of her own NDA. How do we so know that? Well, who did, it got leaked out. Who said it was her? Nobody. See, the, the interesting thing Nobody to me wanted. about this, Dutch, is this, this story was leaked to the Wall Street Journal. Absolutely. The Wall Street that Journal. Leads me, that leads me to my next conspiracy theory. I think it was leaked within WWE. I think they leaked it. I think somebody on the board leaked it. Or somebody well, who may uh, stand to make some financial gain. Because the other interesting part about this is, is like two hours before that Wall Street Journal report uh, was uh, was leaked, mysteriously $2.1 million worth of WWE stock was sold uh, on the market. Like, there's a lot. Who sold it? Uh, that I'm not sure. To be completely honest with you. Oh, so you don't but it was, but stock today it dropped three percent. Yeah, I thought it would have dropped more, but it didn't. So does Vince own eighty percent of the stock? Ye no, he owns a third of the stock, but he controls eighty percent of the company. I don't know how that works. I'm not smart enough to figure that out. Either. That's confusing me. I yes. thought it was eighty percent of the voting shares. I think that is the case, yes. But I think of, as far as like the of the overall company, he owns about a third because it is a publicly traded company. Okay, let's break this down. When did Shane leave? Uh, February. January. February. Was it February? Right. It was yeah. right after the Royal Rumble, so it was early February. And, and yeah. they used as an excuse they didn't like his Royal Rumble something or whatever it was. There was an alleged fight or like argument at the Royal Rumble about some ideas that he basically he was the fall guy for a terrible Royal Rumble uh pay-per-view. Now Nick Khan was in charge then uh, and Vince Vince didn't overrule him. No. So apparently it was but, Vince McMahon that made then, the decision. And then this investigation began quietly probably back in February, let me say. I'm, I'm guessing. It was April. Yeah, but that's when they released it, didn't they? That's when they started the investigation, but the the emails to the company started between like February and March. And then when when did when did uh, Stephanie leave? May. It was only May like 19th. three weeks ago. Yeah, it was only yeah. three weeks ago. Hope you enjoyed your time off. An indefinite uh, leave of absence uh, apparently is only three weeks long. Because um, that's the other big news for those who didn't hear is that was just the announcement of the investigation. Then the bombshell came out very quietly, but everybody picked it up real damn quick. About 730 this morning, they put out a statement on the corporate website for WWE that Vince McMahon was actually stepping down or stepping back as the CEO of the company, as uh, the investigation was was ongoing, and that Stephanie would be uh, taking over as the chairwoman for the entirety of uh, the investigation. Vince, by the way, saying in that statement that he will accept the board's findings, whatever they may be. That was the surprising part about all of this. And then the voluntarily left the chair. I thought he would have had to have been drug away, kicking and screaming. SB three. I mean, one hundred percent agree. Go ahead, Sid. 
Go ahead. What'd you say? No, I was going to say I 100% agree. I thought it would take a lot to even have Vince McMahon uh, decide to step down, even if it's for a brief amount of time. He still holds his position as the head of creative. That's why he was on SmackDown tonight. So he's still in charge of that end. But the business-wise, this... It's very strange because when Stephanie stepped away, the company decided to bury her on the way out. And boy, oh boy, did that age like breast milk out in the sun. And (laughs) now Stephanie McMahon, now Stephanie McMahon is back and she is the interim CEO and chairman, chairwoman of the company, which is a great move in my eyes by WWE because yep. you have a whole scandal that involves Vince McMahon as well as John Laronitis mistreating a female employee and you just empowered a female. So optics wise, this was the best and pretty much the only position, only decision that WWE could have made here. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it doesn't mean a whole lot because obviously Vince is still going to have his fingerprints uh, all over the product. Uh, Case in point, like we saw tonight, if you had any questions about whether or not Vince McMahon was still in control of WWE, case in point, tonight's SmackDown, but we will get there. Dutch, uh, how surprised were you uh, with uh, Vince McMahon actually stepping away, keeping the creative control? What do you think this means in the whole grand scheme of things? I think it's just it's camouflage. That's what I think. I think he has to step away. He has to announce he's stepping away. But, and then let, let me just get to this. When he came out tonight, and I thought, what, what if he just came out there to some song and he did his walk to the ring? That's exactly what he did. I said, what the hell? And I thought he was going to go in there. And all he did was welcome the crowd we were in Minneapolis, and welcome to SmackDown. It was less than a minute, and he got out. But he, but I think even that short appearance on SmackDown said more than what he actually said was that I'm going to fight, and I'm still here, and you're not running me off. I think he's going to fight it. Oh, of course he, he is. He ain't giving up. He ain't giving up his baby that easily. But uh, yeah, to me, to me, Sid, I think this was all about sending a pretty clear message. It's business as usual, and I'm not going anywhere. It was his Wolf of, Wolf of Wall Street moment. He just couldn't scream, "I'm effing leaving." He just couldn't do that. That this is all this was. Okay, I'll be the one to say it. Minneapolis, I'm disappointed in all of y'all. I saw some of these fans kind of doing the this whole song and dance, you know, singing along to No Chance in Hell, doing the whole this like really really if this was if this was in New York, you know what New York would have would have chanted, you know how New York would have responded. Come on. Come on. I was disappointed in Minneapolis, but I think, yeah, honestly, this I, was it. This fans. was this was uh, a show quick, of power. Real quick, real quick, SP3. There were some fans who were doing that, but the camera was finding those people. All right. And I'm willing to bet they had, they, there are some people out there who don't watch the news. I'm willing to bet you there were people in that crowd who had no idea what kind of news dropped tonight or dropped this week. I guarantee you that. Plus, I can guarantee you WWE was piping in some crowd noise as well because some tweets from some fans who were actually there were saying there was some chance that did not come out over out onto the air tonight. So I'm guaranteeing oh, I, you there was some piped in crowd noise tonight. Uh, let me ask you something, guys. 
It was a private affair because he didn't let everybody know. But he's been separated from his wife, what, a year or two? More like a decade or two. (laughs) More than a a year or so? No, I'm serious. Like, they, uh, uh, if, I think what was Wrestling Observer who said that uh, they they're they're married, but they basically haven't been married for quite some time. Okay. So what's the problem here, other than he spent his own money and he didn't tell anybody? Uh, dated an employee, uh, gave an employee a raise. Uh, then there was that whole thing about passing her around like a toy to uh, John Laurinaitis, and then paying her off with three million dollars to keep the story out of the papers. It, it basically it's a breach of their code of conduct and okay, it is and it, yeah they do and it is it, it is well, using company but i think i think you're focusing too much on the three million dollars the real thing in question is the the, the employee was hired for a hundred thousand dollar salary and then got a two hundred thousand dollar salary after she started the affair with mcmahon that's the bigger thing because that's using company money to pay someone you're in a relationship with. And by the way, this was happening in April of 2021 when there were all the mass releases for the first time and everybody was getting the old budget cut, uh, you know, um, really uh, excuse the budget cut excuse while they were generating, you know, uh, larger profits uh, than ever. So this was all going down. The other part of this that we haven't brought up yet is while the the board has been doing their whole investigation, there were several other non-NDAs that came out with alleging misconduct against both and, and John Laurinaitis. So this is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, I had one of those NDAs too, but I can't, I can't publicly announce that yet. It was me and some so, gotcha. I'm not bringing it up. I'm not saying nothing. Max Caster had to sign an NDA too. We found that out uh, tonight as well. Um, but yeah, there, there's there's obviously uh, a lot going on here. But I think case in point, you know, you look at what's going to change in the immediate future. Dutch, it's 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 not going to be much until well, he was, he steps was, away from creative. It's going to be again business as usual. I heard he was in gorilla position tonight, directing the show. He was right there. Reports were he was a happy, smiley guy, just acting like everything was great before tonight. Why but wouldn't he? He's been bulletproof for 30 damn years. Why wouldn't he think he's going to beat this? wasn't there. That was uh, the interesting thing is, yeah, the, nobody saw John Laurinaitis anywhere, uh, at least a, at least an hour or so before the show. Who knows if he was actually there? Uh, there's a lot of reports that believe he's going to be the main, the, the main fall guy in all of this. Yeah, well, even when I was there, there were a lot of stories floating around. But you don't know if they're true or not. I'm just saying there were stories floating around about a lot of stuff. About Laurinaitis or? I can't bring that up now. (laughs) I signed that NDA. Ah, I got you. I got you. There was was a lot of stories about a lot of things. So, and they were all included in there. So whether they're true or not, I don't know. It wasn't my business. So if it's not my business, I don't try to delve into it. Well, that's fair. You get bit in the ass like that. Totally, you totally. You can know too much for your own good. You know, another guy that hasn't been brought up was the guy they fired last year, the head of talent relations, Carano. Yeah. 
I think he knows where a lot of bodies are buried too. Now, also, the investigation is going to go back several years, I heard. And you know, there's a lot of divas that don't like those guys up there anyway, and they love to talk. So this story is far from over. Oh, yeah, like I said. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Tip of the iceberg. Now, Dutch, you you know where any of the bodies are at? Do I know? Do you know where any of the bodies were at? Possibly could know. He signed an NDA. He can't. He can't. See, quit delving. (laughs) I'll have a court order that you can't even ask me the time of day. So. Well, we have to tell you what time of day it is, so you know what time to come on this show. But you never. But you never tell me. (laughs) You had you had stuff from me all the time. So what is worst case scenario here? Uh, the worst case scenario for for us or for Vince McMahon? Well, the worst case scenario for us is we all get fired. But oh no, no, that's not a worst case scenario. That that means I wouldn't have to keep watching SmackDown every week. I wouldn't be contractually obligated to watch SmackDown every week. So you didn't like SmackDown at all? Hell no. Hell no. Oh, stop it. Tonight's show. You're just mad at them tonight. That's all you are. Tonight's show. You're on your period. Sucked. You are. And you know tampons are out of stock at the store. I just thought I'd tell you that. So I don't know what you're going to use. Newspaper. (laughs) Sid, am I wrong here? It was was a one-match show. I mean, I enjoyed the one match. So I guess I enjoyed the show. (laughs) It was great. Oh, tonight sucked. But Dutch, you, had a, you had a very interesting question, though, that I know you wanted to bring up before we dived into everything. You put this out on Twitter. You said we were going to talk about it. What yep. was your question? I forgot. Did you read it? I, I did. I'll pull it up. And you forgot it. I just want to get the wording right. Jesus. Uh, okay. Hold on. So I, I did put that on Twitter. Yes, I know you did. Yeah. Hang on two seconds. (laughs) I can't find it. See, anyway, you basically basically you asked. All right. I'm paraphrasing here because I can't actually find where it was. Yeah. Because you don't know how to tweet. But anyway, you asked, (laughs) would the product be better on a regular basis? Rick, I'm reporting you to the home office. Go for it. Sounds good. I, I don't care. I'm in a mood tonight. You asked, would WWE creative be better off if Vince McMahon was not in charge? Yes. That's what you asked. What is I your answer ask, to your own question? Would it, oh, it would change. And I, I see that even if he wasn't there, I, it would have to, to me, it would have to change for the better. It would have Because if that's Bench calling all those segments week after week after week after week. It's not good at all. And I don't think anybody can say it's good. So I think it would have to get better. Uh, Robert says SmackDown was the best in years uh, tonight. I thought well, last the last match was the last match. 
Last match was great. It was a great showing for Riddle. We all knew he was going to lose, but the last match yeah. was great. Yes. SP3, the answer to that question from you would be? Uh, yeah, of course. It would <laughs> It would definitely improve with just about anybody in charge. I think Vince has lost his touch on the pulse of what the fans are looking for, yeah. and anyone stepping in would give it a fresh coat of paint. And we've seen this before when other people had more control of the writing and the storylines, whether it be Ryan Ward, whether it be Road Dog, whether it be Triple H and NXT, we've always seen it. And, you know, him basically leaning on someone like Bruce Pritchard, who kind of just is a yes man and a well-known yes man. It's I'm just... It's just Vince doing his still still his same thing. I mean, you can tell Bruce. I respect everything he's accomplished. He's accomplished a lot of great things and great storylines. He was behind the whole mega powers implodes. But I was about um, one years old when that happened. So, I mean, it's been 30 plus years since yep. Bruce Richard has been involved with anything that was very creative no i won't say 30 years uh, he was involved with the kane and undertaker storyline so yeah. that was what almost 25 years ago so so he, he was involved a, in it and it doesn't mean you created it this this is true this is true this is true this is true so the the answer to that question is without a doubt one million percent yes and i saw so many people sitting here saying oh well it all depends on who they put in the chair no don't it doesn't because Vince and everybody backstage, they book for, for one person. They book for Vince. They book whatever they think is funny. They book whatever they uh, feel is, is the right move to make. They book for themselves. They do not book for the audience. They have all these arbitrary rules like, like beating the home, the homegrown talent in their own, you know, backyard and this, that, and the other thing. And politics always plays a whole lot into it. And politics would probably play a lot into it. No matter who you put backstage, whether it's triple H or Stephanie or whatever, politics always gets into it, but he he's out of touch. As Sid said, he's off base. He he's out of ideas. He's out of ideas and he's impatient and he doesn't know how to properly build a roster anymore. And it's case in point, what, what we roster? saw tonight, what it we saw tonight roster. is case in point why Vince McMahon does not need to be in charge of creative anymore because they have booked themselves into a corner to where two guys get hurt and we got to break glass and call Brock Lesnar again and get Brock versus Roman for the 18th millionth damn time at SummerSlam. They already booked the match. No build, no nothing. We're six weeks out. Brock shows up, gives Roman one F5, and all of a sudden, now we get a last man standing match in the main event of SummerSlam. And all I can think of is, thank God I get to beat traffic because I ain't staying inside Nissan Stadium to watch this match again. The last one wasn't even that great. My eyes could not have rolled out of the back of my head. I look like The Undertaker. Do the eye roll. When Brock's, when Brock's damn music hit. I want to see the eye roll. <laughs> Sid's doing it. That's a great eye roll, Sid. That's great. I, I'm kind of agreeing with you, but they don't have anybody. And that's their fault. <laughs> we've been that's saying, saying it's their fault. Yes, it is. But you don't think Nick Khan has anything to do with that cutting that roster down? 
I mean, they they do have people though. They have people they on the roster that would make a more interesting matchup. Seth Rollins could have turned babyface after the whole Hell in a Cell with Cody Rhodes, and would have been a great option to verse Roman yeah. Reigns. Uh, they they could have they could have done Kevin Owens. They could have done Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn has a whole storyline with the Bloodline, and they did want to go in that direction. They have guys that have proven themselves to be reliable and consistent workers, but. Orton goes down, and that was who they wanted. Cody goes down. He's the guy they've been building as the top babyface. So they go back to old tried and true, and we are going to get the seventh, seventh one-on-one matchup between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. And it, it would have been ninth because they were supposed to verse each other in the fall of 2018 before Roman got leukemia. And they were supposed to verse each other at day one this year on January 1st, but Roman got COVID. So it's the seventh, but only because they couldn't do the other two times to make it the ninth time they verse each other. I mean, think about it this way, right? Like WrestleMania 38 was supposed to be the culmination of this like five year long feud. That was supposed to be it. Roman washed his hands of Brock. He was done. One challenger later, and we're back to Brock. This was his first title defense since beating Brock at Mania, and then immediately we're back to Brock. And yes, I understand that Orton got hurt, and yes, I understand Cody got hurt, but you had other options. If you just actually, like, tried, you could have set something up with AJ Styles. You could have set something up. It would have been very easy, as Sid said, to set something up with Seth Rollins. or you know what? How about the guy just two weeks ago, you literally had hold up a replica WWE championship like he was coming after the belt he just had in February. And no, instead of doing that, you have Bobby Lashley doing a damn pose off and a feud, I guess, over the United States championship. What they do doesn't make any sense. It's fly by the seat of their pants every single solitary week and i don't know other than the crowd who who popped in minnesota these casual fans who don't know a damn thing about this company or remember anything from three weeks ago and that's why this stuff keeps happening because dutch as you said in the pre-show chat he got a pop tonight people lose their minds when brock lesnar shows up and that's why they keep booking this crap he got a pop one thing it was because at least by god they didn't see i haven't been seeing him every week for two months that's another one. But if uh, if if Orton had been ready, if he'd have stepped out then, because they would have booked it differently, I think Orton, and I predicted that, Orton would have been a great, great challenger to Roman Reigns. That would have made sense. That would have made sense. And, like you said, he, even Seth Rollins. He, he would have made, even, I think Cody is too soon for Cody. But AJ, so they they have guys. See, I know, I never like to split anyway. I think you just you just weaken yourself when you do the split. I think, but they are options. But like you say, if you keep Vince in there, because his options are are limited, and he, I don't guess he listens to anything. He don't want to hear it, and it's his company. So I don't 
And I and I get part of the problem is, is Roman has been champion for so damn long. He's he's beaten everybody, right? Like he even said that tonight. There's nobody left, and I think that line is really how WWE feels. The only guy who's beaten him in the last two years is Seth Rollins. But again, that would have been a very, very simple and easy thing to do. But WWE decided to go even easier SP3 and just give us Brock Lesnar again. And and it made no sense for Roman to say there's nobody left. And then the dude he just beat for these damn titles is the next guy. Like what? He said he was done. He said he was over with, with Brock Lesnar. You can't make sense of this. Sometimes it makes sense of its own. But you can't make sense of this. I, I, I wish it I'm did. I wish it did. I wish it would have it just made some sense. Make some sense of this. Please. Please, I beg of you, WWE. Just try to make sense. Like, But no, they are just going ahead with what works for them, not what works for the fans. And and look, and as Raju is bringing up in, in the chat, yes, Brock brings traffic again because he's an attraction. I don't have the issue with Brock Lesnar in WWE. I have the issue with how they book Brock Lesnar inside of WWE. Can we get Brock versus like anybody else? Like literally like anybody else. Like remember just back in January when he was wrestling Bobby Lashley and how all excited we were that Brock Lesnar was there and then we go back to WrestleMania. It's like, oh, it's Brock and Roman again. Cool. Awesome. Can we just look at him again? Why does he always have to be in the damn title picture? Every single time. He's the new Goldberg. He comes back and he's like, boom, here's a title feud. Boom, here's a title feud. Boom, here's a title feud. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of how they book him. Even babyface Brock isn't enough to. What, what is what's left of this story? What's left? You have beaten this thing with a dead horse. Are you going to do another swerve with Paul Heyman? Like. I would not be surprised if we don't see these guys literally until like the week before the show. They're just going to both be off off TV and then a week the go home <laughs> show. They'll have a face to face because why no. bother? You already booked the damn match. They're going to do like how they did the WrestleMania build up. One will be there one week. The other won't. Then the other will be there the next week and the other won't. And then they'll do something face to face and then we'll get to SummerSlam. And they'll have some kind of like huge brawl. To, to set up everything and you know another thing they do they take forever to bust the angle like with Sami Zayn they're not going to do something we know it's coming go ahead and do it please yeah. hey Roy I like good wrestling right. you don't give a crap even with Shanky or whatever what they call him skyscraper Shanky or whatever <laughs> skyscraping Shanky and what's it what's his face by the time it gets there, you said, "Damn, you could you could have done that a month ago." I mean, they don't know when to pull the trigger, and they can't even load the gun. They they load it, but they don't ever because it's a shotgun. They don't snap it in, in place, so it gets frustrating watching it. Really, that's why I like old time wrestling. I used to bust like an angle like every week. And you never knew what was going to happen. But they've lost that. So, Rick's man, look at him. I'm just, <laughs> look at his, man, I'm, just, I'm just tired of the lazy booking is, is, is all it is. This is this is lazy. They had a layup with, with Seth Rollins, which actually could have been a really good story. I honestly, I hope they add to this. 
I hope they figure out a way to add to this. Give me another – put the money in the bank on Seth Rollins at this point and have him cash in again. At least that would be poetic. At least that would play off of something. But, like, Jesus, this is another one-on-one match. Give me literally anything. Literally, one-on-one match. I don't it's care if we're gonna repeat stuff and release repeat stuff that's good. But, but that's still repeating stuff. I don't care. I don't want to see the same thing. I saw so many people like, oh, you know, Seth can win money in the bank and then cash it in again. I'm like, <laughs> no, I seen that. I seen that. Anytime WWE does something more than once, it doesn't matter how great it was the first time. It's never that good the second time. So that I, is you, true. that is true. Rick. Look, I, I have said on multiple platforms at this point, I want Sami Zayn to win the Money in the Bank contract. And I would prefer that, that. I want Sami Zayn to cash in on Roman Reigns, but I don't know if I don't know if they can do that story in six weeks because right now he's still like, it, I, I don't know how the, they would have to rush it, all right? And as Dutch just alluded to, they, they don't rush any damn thing except for what they did tonight, which was, hey, one F5, and we got this match. I don't think they want. They know what the hell they want to do. I don't think they've decided who's going to win the money in the bank. I think it would make a ton of sense to have Sami Zayn be the guy to win the to win the briefcase okay. and win the belt, I'm but I don't even that. think he's going to qualify next week. I think they'll have Nakamura beat him. I'll go with that because people would love that. Yes, they, they would. Eat that son of a bitch is over. And, and it would they, complete a huge babyface turn, which is something they desperately need on the road. And you, you could get... If Roman would beat up Sami Zayn, they would hate him. Because they give a shit about Sami. Because they like him and he's busted. he busts his ass every time he goes out there. And they, they see, he got him here. And you yeah. can get the heart, you got him. So I don't know what they're waiting on. I really don't. The, the, the story I would love to see them tell, right, is, is Sammy is trying to constantly get within the good graces of the bloodline. He's the honorary ooze and this, that, and the other thing. And he thinks he's in their good graces, but he's not really. He enters the Money in the Bank ladder match to win the contract to squash it, right? He's going to sit on it, right? He's going to just let the contract expire and protect Roman Reigns' title reign as his way to earn his, his trust within the bloodline. But then something... There's got to be some kind of catalyst where Sammy finally realizes, like, nothing he does is ever going to be good enough to get within their good graces. Whether it's he overhears a conversation, they do the whole Batista evolution angle again, some kind of variation of that, and Sammy cashes in as a revenge angle, and you complete the babyface turn. Like, that's something in that vein, I think, would work really, really well, create some sympathy for Sammy Zayn. The crowd, like you said, he's over with the crowd. They want him. They want to like him. They want that baby face turn. Something like that, I think, would work very well. But I don't think WWE would ever do that. I, I think that Drew McIntyre is going to win money in the bank and call his shot at Cardiff. That's what I think is going to happen. And he, at this point, he might win. Which also, by the way, makes this Brock Lesnar match pointless because we know Roman's going to win. We know Roman's going to win again at SummerSlam. And at this point, what's the motivation to bring Brock back to do anything after that? You would have just lost like three straight matches to Roman Reigns at this point. What, are you going to have him come back and squash Ricochet again? Like, I don't know. I don't don't think we're thinking more than two feet in front of the faces right now. You got me all discombobulated. I got myself discombobulated. I can see. 
<sighs> All right, what did we not talk about that happened on SmackDown? Yeah, those, mo- those monthlies are bad, aren't they? What? Those Shut monthlies. Up. Hey, what do we think of Madcap and Corbin tonight? That was great, wasn't it? Oh, uh, that's tremendous. Okay, does does a legit question for you, Dutch? Does a Baron Corbin Pat McAfee feud do anything for you? Because it definitely seemed like they were setting that up tonight. No, they are setting it up. A one match would do would do okay. That's it. I like, I like the idea of booking McAfee at like WrestleMania SummerSlam, like those those big kind of yep. setups. And I, if he can beat Theory, hell, beat Corbin. Like Theory's actually got guy they got plans for. They ain't doing nothing with Cor- with Corbin. He's just the weekly punching bag at this point. I'll put the take more Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee's the biggest baby face you got on the whole damn show. You might as well book him accordingly, right, SP3? Yeah, I just want to see that entrance again. The oh, 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 it's in a big stadium. I want to be there for that entrance Yeah, again. yeah, yeah, yes. absolutely. That's what I want Tennessee to see. the Tennessee Titans cheerleaders with him this time. That's what I want to see. If all his commentary and calling him bum-ass Baron Corbin has led to <laughs> this matchup, I'm down for that. They have history with each other from their NFL days. So this this makes all the sense in the world. And this is an actual SummerSlam feud that I'm interested in, unlike Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Gee, I think it's because it's new, right? And there's some certain entertainment aspect to this. I think there might be something to do with that. Were you guys more irritated or entertained by New Day versus Jinder and Shanky tonight? I kind of like the finish, and that's about it. New SB3. Day, they actually get on my nerves a little New bit. New Day does? Oh, yeah. I mean, people like them. They love them. Kids love them. Sure. I'm talking about me. Oh, I get so. it. That's fine. Not, not, not everybody's going to be for everyone. No, they're not. They're not intended for me. I just want to. I just want to say, Xavier Wood is is a smart man. No wonder he has a PhD because he knew that Shanky's weakness was a dope beat. He yep. just played a dope beat, and Shanky was getting jiggy with a him. one note dope beat. That's all. That's all it took. Uh, I did find it hilarious tonight, SP3, that they played a a Hulk Hogan uh, flashback clip. Uh, on this show tonight i thought that was pretty interesting not only that but uh beating uh billy and chuck uh in the month of june i thought that was uh you know just very very tone deaf tonight i'm just gonna throw that out there if you know you know uh drew mcintyre and sheamus are both in money in the bank who saw that one coming this is something but they could have done this last week like seriously did it really take adam pierce a week to go ah screw it just put them both in there we're short on time and short on people just put them both in there it was a fun segment, though, Dutch. Was it? The, the dancing? No. McIntyre and Sheamus. Oh, that was good. That's okay. I just love Drew kicking his ass for, for no reason, even after he found out he was in the match. No. I'm sick of it already. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I thought that segment was uh, flat and it wasn't really necessary. Why did they need to be in the ring? And I, I, I didn't understand that. The only segment the- that was the only segment that was weirder than that was Vince McMahon coming out to introduce the show. This look, anytime that Drew McIntyre is kicking somebody's ass, I'm going to consider it fun. But 
this is definitely one of those segments where it's like they held a meeting and it could have been an email, right? Like all you, all you had to do was flash an email on the screen and said, Hey, you're both in cool, done, moving on. Or you could have just done it last week in a, in a backstage segment with, uh, with Adam Pierce. I don't know why they had to carry this over uh, into the next week, but either way, they're both in money in the bank. So is Raquel. Uh, she defeated uh, Shayna Baszler tonight. I feel bad for Shayna Baszler, but Hey, Raquel's in money in the bank. Hey, we get Aaliyah and Shotzi oh, next week. Dutch. What? Aaliyah. Aaliyah and Shotzi next hey, week. Money in the bank qualifier. I'm watching. Anything that Aaliyah does, I'm there. Well, of course you're watching. I'm a huge Aaliyah fan. So we had two things that, that happened. I in NXT for seven years and advanced like she has. Really has their pulse, their, their hand on the pulse of the business. Really. So I got to watch her. We had two things that irritated me uh, after this match, and it was back-to-back -back, uh, promo segments. Uh, first was Max Dupree uh, basically bitching at Adam Pierce, saying not everything was right for his uh, fantastic boys. He started talking about juices and some other things. The segment was what was it? Titillation. Titillation. Definitely dropped a titillation uh, on there. I As think he's going to guess. I think those two are going to kiss before it's over. I I agree with what SP3 <laughs> said on Twitter. They don't know what the hell they want to do with this. They just started already. doing stuff, and they're already at a loss. They don't know who they want to put in this group. They're, they are stalling. I hope they're stalling for something, but I got a feeling they're stalling for a big nothing. This has got Rowan it's Spider written all over it to me. They don't know what the hell they're doing with this. It is dead on arrival. Hell, this Dead before arrival. But but like Dutch called this like two weeks ago. Dutch said this two weeks ago that this was dead on arrival, but Rick was optimistic about it, and I was agreeing with Dutch. And I said, like, they don't know what they do it. Dutch called this and I agreed. And we're seeing two weeks later already. It's true. They don't know what they're doing here. Terrible. Unless unless uh, Cesaro literally has uh, travel uh, issues, then uh, otherwise this is this was totally utterly pointless. Uh, we had uh, Ludwig Kaiser say that Gunther is going to bring prestige back to the Intercontinental Championship, and then they booked the IC title match for SmackDown and not Money in the Bank again. They put it on a guy that they actually give a shit about. And then didn't actually book him uh, on the pay-per-view. So the the streak apparently will continue. The last time the IC title match was on a pay-per-view was WrestleMania 37, the Nigerian drum fight that featured no drums. <laughs> All right. I think that's everything for SmackDown tonight, except for the other big story that has not to be confirmed, but has kind of been confirmed, but not really. Uh, Dutch... Any other week, we would have spent 20 minutes talking about Sasha Banks uh, reportedly uh, getting out of her contract or being released or being no longer affiliated with uh, with WWE. When you hear that Sasha Banks, which has now been re reported by multiple outlets, has been released from WWE, what is your reaction to that? I don't know. I think they're going to miss her a lot. She I think was they already over. do. She was over, <clears throat> and to, I think there's more to that story, too, that we're not hearing. Of course, there's more to the story. 
They just don't all of a sudden get mad and go in there. And... To John Laurinaitis, have you heard his name before? Yeah, he yeah, I've heard that name before. down and walk out. I don't know. So, but if she's not happy, I think it's the best thing for everybody, especially her, to move on. Steven asking uh, any latest about Naomi. Have not heard a peep about uh, Naomi. SP3, this news uh, dropped on both of us as we were doing a live show earlier this week on another outlet. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, if you want to see our actual faces when this tweet came out, you can check my Twitter feed. It's on there. I made sure to screen grab both of them because they were absolutely priceless. Um, but now we've got two different outlets saying that Sasha Banks is not going to be there. And here's the other thing that came out today. And for the love of God, I'm trying to remember the outlet. But uh, WWE apparently believes that they can just replace Sasha Banks. They can clone Sasha Banks. They can put anybody in that Sasha Banks role. Uh, and uh, should they'll, they'll be just fine with uh, without her. Your, your reaction to that? The hubris of WWE is unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. Like Sasha Banks is a once in a generation talent. She is, in my opinion, the greatest female in-ring performer that this company has ever had. She's she had classics with Bailey, with Charlotte, with Becky. She is can be like Natalia cut a whole promo saying she's done all his first evers. Sasha has more first evers than than Natalia even, and Natalia's been there longer. And Sasha Banks is only thirty years old, so I don't think anyone is worried about what Sasha Banks, Mercedes, uh, Vernado is gonna do when she leaves WWE because she's either gonna show up on a director set or she's gonna show up in somebody else's promotion and bring a whole lot of eyes to it. So I I think that the best move, like Dutch said, is to separate. If she's not happy, if she's going to be a disgruntled uh, employee, like I said, from the very beginning, when this walkout story started, I hoped Sasha Banks did not come back because that's the only way you can make an impact and really make a statement with walking out. You can't just walk out and come back. She did that before. It didn't work. And she found herself in the same position she was in 2019. So if this is the end of the story and we're just waiting on WWE to confirm it, one, I don't think they're going to confirm it because outside of Bray Wyatt, they haven't confirmed a lot of releases in a while. Literally so, hundreds. Yeah. yeah, literally hundreds of releases. We've had to wait on Sean Ross Sapp confirming them and not WWE. So they don't do the wish you well on the future endeavors anymore. So one, I would say that. And two, no one has to worry about Mercedes. She's going to be perfectly fine. Oh, no. Yeah, no. She's going to be absolutely fine no matter whether she shows up in AEW, whether she shows up in Hollywood, or whether she shows up ultimately in both. She's going to be fine. Uh, WWE... leave? No, she's going to be on the show next week. Oh, good. Um, look, I... <laughs> WWE is doing a fantastic job of replacing Sasha Banks so far on, on, on SmackDown. Um, they're outside of Ronda Rousey. They don't have a single female star on the current SmackDown roster that the audience is invested in. No, because they don't know how to book the people they have. They have Raquel Rodriguez, who is this monster statuesque woman, 
and she's selling for 75% of her matches. Like, I understand she's in there with Shayna Baszler, but a woman that size should not be fighting from underneath like an underdog. So, and her smiling for 90% of her matches as well isn't working for me either. And then, and then you got Lacey Evans, who the first comment she says on commentary is, and I was the first to be in the money in the bank, and she's a baby face. I'm like, is she? Like, I don't know. I was like, there. She was cheering for Raquel. She she yeah. definitely was cheering for Raquel. So I thought the whole point of this was to once again say, "Hey guys, just remember, Lacey's a babyface this week," and she did not come off like a babyface for like half of that commentary. So they don't know how to book the people that they already do have. You got Shotzi who had a great performance last week. She wasn't on the show this week. She'll half be on second. the show next week, and she'll be against Aaliyah. So. I bet bet you she loses. I bet you they put Aaliyah in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Just, by the way, just so they can have her get injury replaced and have Charlotte or Bailey or somebody show up like that. I guarantee you that's going to have how they book it. You want to know how I know that? Because that's what they did the last time they did anything with Aaliyah. They put her in a match, and then they took her immediately right out of it. Uh, Ronald Curtis asking a question here on a Super Chat. Should WWE regret elevating Ronda over Sasha? You you can elevate more than one person at one time. So you could have done both. You could have elevated. You actually could have done what you did with Sasha and Naomi and then actually booked the women's tag team titles like they mattered. And we wouldn't be in this situation. That was a $5 question, not $1.99. So. I mean, to answer this question simply, I will say the same thing I've been echoing, and Rick's going to say I'm a broken record. You don't need to down another woman to big up another woman. Why does it always have to be Ronda versus Sasha or WWE chose to elevate Ronda over over Sasha? They didn't need to do any of that. They could have elevated them both. That's their issue. Don't don't put one woman against the other when we don't know if that is the main issue here. We only know WWE side of the story. Sasha's side of the story hasn't been put out there. Paul asking, where is Bailey? Money in the bank return, maybe. I don't know. She's still coming back from the injury. A year, a year? Coming up on a year, yeah. Wow. So here's the other thing with Bailey. Bailey's really close with whom? Sasha Banks. Sasha. So, in this crazy landscape that is the world of professional wrestling, until Bailey shows back up on WWE TV, I got a bad feeling in the pit of my stomach about where her relationship currently is uh, with WWE Creative. That's not a report. That's me speculating. I got some. I got a ball in the pit of my stomach because the longer she's not there, the more worried I become. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just, just saying that out there. I'm just saying I would hope she would be at money in the bank. I think Charlotte is a lock to come back at money in the bank personally, probably to replace uh, Aaliyah. We are already five minutes over the show. We haven't even talked about rampage tonight. So let's talk about rampage SP three. Uh, I was in a, uh, a, a, conversation argument about Brock Lesnar. So I missed the entire opening match was Mox and Dante Martin. Any good. It was good. Uh, Moxley. It was, it was, it was a good match. Thinking Moxley, they did some things that I just didn't much care for. Good match. I'm not saying it's not, but I think Moxley trying to, uh, 
I don't think he – that Dante kid is good. He's really good. I think they did some things that, you know, showed Moxley kind of didn't respect him and all. But you need to respect your opponents, especially opponent, the caliber of Dante. And he beat him, and actually was a good finish. What he put him in was a great, a great finish. He tapped to it. But there were just some things in there I just – I think Boxley kind of didn't take him seriously enough. That's what I'm saying. I think that was the kind of the story of the matchup and why Dante like took a lot of the offense definitely in like the middle of the matchup when he was using his speed, he was hitting the, like the high flying moves that uh that sliced bread, that avalanche sliced bread that he did and almost got the three count on him. He got a couple of really good near falls on him. And I think it's pretty much a similar story trajectory that they use with Wheelie Yuta and John Moxley, where you know Yuta came close to beating him in a tag match, then they had their one on one match and he got a little closer then they had the next match and Wheeler Yuta had his star making performance I'm hoping we could see the same thing for Dante Martin and I liked Moxley kind of showing him respect at the end he didn't give him the full handshake that Dante wanted at the beginning of the matchup but he bowed to him he showed respect but they had to also establish that John Moxley's here Dante's here because Moxley I, is the guy what I didn't like about it Dante Martin sold that hole yeah. When he, he made him tap, he laid there. And so that's when he come back and give the respect sign to him, which I liked. So Yeah, they, they had to establish that Moxley is just a step uh step ahead of Dante Martin because he's the one going for the interim AEW world championship and he's been undefeated in twenty twenty two. That's how you build someone up for a championship uh matchup. Hey, so. What's that? Build somebody up for a championship. What what is that? I don't know what that I, is. I, I, I know if you if you only watch wrestling from eight to ten on Friday, you wouldn't know. I have no idea. No, build build somebody. I thought I thought you just go away for two months after you lost, and then you come back and you attack the champion. Like I thought that's how you get title shots. You mean you actually like wins and losses can actually matter, and you can actually build up somebody from your mid card ranks up and give them a shot in the upper card. That's what you're telling me. You can actually do that. That's a thing. In wrestling, See, the difference between AEW and WWE, you actually know their mid card in AEW. You know their roster. Here's the thing: you know so them in WWE too. If their name ain't Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar, guess what? They're in the mid card. Yeah, and you see them every week. You know them. You know them too well. But with AEW, I mean, they can leave them off TV a couple of times, and but you still know who they are. That's the way we used to book stuff. Brian Dunlop saying Wheeler Yuta might be a future world uh, AEW world champion. I, I I would agree with you. I think he's got all the talent in the world, and uh, clearly they are uh, invested in him. Uh, a theme of the night appears to be uh, rivalries we thought were over that aren't actually over. We're going to continue Team Taz and Swerve in our glory, apparently, even though they already teased that Lee and Swerve are, were, were going to split. So I guess we're, we're just going to continue this for a little bit there, SP3. I think it's just going to be one more matchup and Swerve and our glory can beat Team Taz and finally defeat them and get back on the same page or they'll lose again and they'll break up for good. Either way, wins the winner or loss will matter. I think that's just basic storytelling. Okay, fill me in here. Swerve and what's the guy's name? Keith Lee. Keith Lee. They're Dodge, correct? Yeah, because yes. uh, Swerve eliminated Keith Lee in the Casino Battle Royale two weeks ago. 
Okay, I got it. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel any chemistry there, but I got it. Tell you where I love the chemistry is this combination of the acclaimed and the ass boys. Um, the, these guys cannot get enough TV time, uh, in my opinion. Uh, they beat Ruffin it tonight. All right, the match was you know whatever. It was a it was a time filler match. You know, just getting some six dudes up on the screen. But man, SP three, I can't help but think where the acclaim might be right now if Bones didn't get hurt, which sucks. But I love the fact that they're keeping him on television even though he's hurt. And the acclaim get it over and over every week. They just get more popular and their pop gets bigger. They they just have more charisma than a lot of the other yeah. tag teams in this division. And the, the ass boys are kind of just rubbing, getting some of that charisma from Max Caster by just being around him. Them doing the little scissor in the middle of the ring was just hilarious. And yeah, his rap about uh, he has an NDA. Great touch. Great yeah. touch. Fantastic. Great touch for the week. Dutch, your thoughts on like how because we've seen AEW be very successful in this before. Britt Baker, her rise to 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 superstardom was while she was out injured. WWE, you get injured more often than not, they take you off TV until you're ready to come back because they want that Uber pop. AEW is able to build stars and get people over even when they're not in the damn wrestling ring. Well, they concentrate on wrestling. Is what they do. I mean, everything is WWE is all entrance. It's all entrance and it's all showbiz. AEW, they just walk down to the ring and they start wrestling. I, that's why, actually, I think people want to actually see that. Britt Baker, she she got over. They keep her over, and I think their their ladies division, their women's division, may not be as polished as some in WWE, but I think they're. They're, they're better to watch, I think. I'd rather watch AEW women than WWE uh, women. I think they have better matches, and they have more. They have more of them. Like you said, that they they have no bench on the guy's side. They have no bench on the girl's side either. They do on Raw. They don't on. But AE, AEW does now. A, I, I'm not. I don't watch Raw, so I'm not familiar with them. Sure, that's fair. But. but but what rating did uh, did Raw do last week? Um, I think they. I know they did like a one point eight million for the first hour, uh, and then it fell down to the. They front loaded the show because they knew they were going up against the NBA Finals. Um, so the, the I believe the last hour only did like maybe one point three, one point four, if I'm remembering uh, correctly. I do know Dynamite, which was a shame because it was a really good show, got slaughtered by the NHL Finals uh, this week. So they only did like seven hundred thousand. So I think both companies are going to be happy. Well, one basketball's done and over, uh, and Sid's very happy that Golden State won. But, uh, but Dynamite's think- been kind of hanging around that one million mark, right? Yeah, it's it's been about nine fifty, close, hovering around one million. I think a couple times they go over it, but yeah, it's been roughly about one million for for a while now. To be honest with you, unless they have to go up against NBA or NHL, so they'll be very happy yeah. when those right. both sports are done. Everything was down this week. I think Raw had been averaging like one point eight, one point nine, and then they were down to one point six because of the NBA uh, finals. So yeah, everything was hurt this week, pretty much. What you guys think of Jade Cargill and Willow Nightingale this evening? 
They did one spot where they threw that Nightingale, Willowdale, what's her name? Willow Nightingale. <laughs> threw outside, beat the crap out of her. Even the other girl come in and beat the crap out of her on the outside. Threw in. Then she took over on Jay Cargill after she got beat up by both of them. I went, what the hell are they doing? I mean, it was only a little brief spot, but I like the Cargill girl. I like her. I mean, just a lot. Oozes star power, obviously. I like Willow Nightingale as well. I think she's somebody that can connect with the audience. She has a lot of uh, energy. I, She's busting her ass out on the indie scene. I would love SP3. I would love to see her get the graphic here sooner rather than later. They keep bringing her back, so they must like her. Like, like I always say, a baby face in wrestling seems to be the one of the hardest things, and there ain't too many people like Willow Nightingale that can just come out in front of the crowd and just smile and just exude baby face charisma. And she just does that. The theme song that they got for her was a nice little touch to bring that baby face, you know, over the top and put a smile on my face. She puts a smile on my face. She just has that bubbly personality that you want to rally behind her, despite knowing that Jay Cargill is going to kill her. And I thought Stokely Hathaway was great on commentary. Him name dropping the BET awards chef's kiss on that one uh jade did drop the uh double arm face buster uh tonight i did <laughs> i've not heard that thing called anything other than a pedigree in 30 years so that made me laugh when excalibur called it the the double arm hook face buster uh on that one but that was i did like the fact that she dropped the pedigree i think that's a very good move uh for her to add to her arsenal and she is adding more moves to her arsenal every week and continues to just get better and better and better i think she has definitely uh graduated from the quote-unquote green stage so i don't want anybody hear anybody calling her uh, green anymore she uh, gets better every week and yes just exudes star power sp3 i know she is green she's green like money yes yes absolutely uh, I know you have to be excited, SP3, with the announcement that we're getting for Forbidden Door, IWGP, and Ring of Honor tag titles on the line in a triple threat match. FTR, Jeff Cobb, Great O'Conn, and Rapogni Vice. Triple threat match. FTR is going over big time, right? Absolutely. Got to happen. They, they need that for this Forbidden Door uh, you know, show. You got to have somebody from one promotion take the title of the other promotion. So I like that they made this for the ROH and the IWGP tag team titles. This is a perfect opportunity for FTR to win here to set up the bigger match. The, for after the Young Bucks became the two-time AEW World Tag Team Champions on Dynamite, it's Young Bucks versus FTR at all out for all the gold that needs to happen i would love it and ftr absolutely needs uh to win that dutch what did you think of uh, our big main event tonight our last match of the evening after three hours of exhilarating television and sting's big return to hit kyle o'reilly in the balls uh, with a baseball bat i was jumping up and down I, was in my, I, I, I just couldn't stay seated, really. I was so excited to see Sting, the baseball bat, and all that kind of stuff. So Balls. Yeah, the balls. But I got to be honest, I didn't see all of it. I, I left to set this damn contraption up in here because I'm always late. So I got to start five minutes early on it. But who... The Darby Allen got the crap beat out of him most of that. Match, right? Oh my God! Like he I was like, <laughs> I see the move when he went to went high and the guy undercut him. 
I understand that Sting Sting is probably the headline here, but that match was an absolute world. Just they beat the crap out of each other. Like Darby Allen with his suicide dive, just flinging his body outside the ring. Uh, Bobby Fish giving him dragon screws where he's hitting his head on the guardrail, like suplexes on the apron. This was a barn burner for a sprint. It was only like 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, like Dutch said, Darby got his ass kicked in this match. Like, I was like transported back to high school tonight. And that's like a weird thing for me to say, but there was this scrawny kid named Jeff that I knew in high school that got his ass kicked all the damn time. Like, every day got chucked, into, thrown into the lockers, and just got his ass beat. Darby Allen reminded me of Jeff tonight. Like, he just got his ass beat. Just this scrawny dude. But Darby actually fought back, and he ended up getting the win. And I do love uh, when okay, he used Jeff, the last. Don't leave the story. What? What happened to Jeff? Uh, he's married he now with a fourth kid on the way, I believe. Yeah, so he's he fine. He's... What finally happened? Did he fight back? Oh, hell no. No, he's no. So he continued. He's getting his ass beat today, too. Yeah, I didn't know Jeff had balls until uh, he, he knocked up his wife. So, you know, it's just that's. Okay. Yeah, there you go. I uh, haven't talked to him in 10 years, by the way. So, anywho. Now I wish you hadn't finished the story. <laughs> I love Darby using The Last Supper. It's it's a very unique pin. I, I, I love that he can just kind of pull that out of nowhere and you know the match is over. Um, and then, yeah, we got Sting's big return. And Kyle O'Reilly sold his ass off for, for Sting in that baseball bat tonight. Although, very believable. If you get a baseball bat to the pills, you're probably going to look a whole lot like Kyle O'Reilly did tonight. I mean, you ever been hit? You ever been low blowed with a baseball bat, Dutch? Hell yeah! I used to do it all the time. Just to, I used to do it to myself. <laughs> when you were in Japan, right? Oh yeah. Well, I went in Japan. I was in Korea, really. That's where I was. And I took a step over into North Korea and stepped back real quick to say I broke the law. Let me ask you a question, Rick. Yes, sir. Mister uh, Jeff Hardy. Mm, yes. What's going to happen to him? Uh, if he could. Third offense in Florida. Yeah, I mean, there's legal ramifications to this. It's his third DUI in 10 years. 90 days. Um, mandatory, I think. Yeah, he's been suspended indefinitely without pay. Uh, and he ain't going to be back in an AEW ring until he's goes through rehab, completes the whole process again. I mean, it, it's kind of... Um, you know, a rinse and repeat of what we've seen with Jeff, you know, in the past. And I think the most important thing is, is can he get to a place where he's living healthy? I think the wrestling ring is the last place he needs to be right now. The road is the last place that he needs to be right now. And yeah, man, it's, it's a bad situation. And I, I don't know if he'll wrestle again. I don't know if he needs to wrestle again. I don't know if that's the best thing for him. I don't know if the life is the best thing for him right now, but well, I'll tell you right now. That's just me as an outsider. It's not. And he's going to get hurt wrestling. Because he's older and he can't do those moves anymore. Not necessarily him, the other guys. I still go back to that Darby Allen dive off the ladder. Yeah. It's a damn wonder Jeff didn't get knocked out or get hurt, separated shoulder or something. Because he the definitely kid got hurt. Much, he's, got, he's got speed and he's got gravity behind him. So he's lucky he he escaped without getting hurt. 
if he, but he still could have got hurt. We don't know about it. He may, he may, he, Look, he, he may was, not have said about it. He was definitely hurt, like like SP3 said, because if you watched him wrestle after that, I think what he had three, maybe four matches after that, he looked off in every single one of them. He was moving slow. He was obviously uh, hurt and uh, hurting something everywhere. And then they had the tag team match with the Young Bucks. And look, Matt and Nick and you know, they had to carry the match for Jeff. Jeff was out of that match early. Matt yep. said he got concussed. Who knows if that was a, a cover or anything like that. We'll take Matt at his word on that one. But yeah, he's not been right since that Darby Allen match. And then, yes, all of a sudden now this, he's drinking and under the influence and while he's in severe pain. And This is what I fear for Jeff. He either hurts somebody else or he hurts himself, possibly kills himself. And if he stays on the drugs, he could OD. So there's very few, if any, positive outcomes of this. It's all negative. So unless he gets clean and he gets living a better lifestyle, uh, we could wake up to news one day that we don't want to hear. Yeah, and that and look, the fact that he's had so many DUIs at this point and been in so many situations where he has been that messed up, it is utterly miraculous that he has gotten to this point in his life without killing himself or others. Okay, did you see the did you see the tape when they arrested him? Yeah. They pulled, they, all yeah. three of them pulled a gun on him. And I read that, you know, that's that's almost customary because they don't know he's he was going so fast anyway. They don't know what he's got, so they they were ready for him. But he got out, he could hardly stand up. It's embarrassing really. Yeah. Multiple nine one one calls, swerving all over the road. It's and that's my biggest and at event. 30 in the morning. Yeah. That's and that's here's the thing, he was he was at an event with his brother. And they made sure that he was dropped off at his hotel before they caught a flight out. And then Jeff went out on his own after he was dropped off at his hotel and got into all this. So all you people who are hitting up, you know, Rebby and Matt and saying they're enablers, like, let's get the damn facts straight before you do that. I, again, we all have our demons. I, I can't judge a guy for that. But, man, get a damn ride, man. Get an Uber. Get something. Seriously. Him. Clean yourself up, Jeff, please. Just get off the road, please. That's yeah. all I ask. That's all I ask. Last uh, question, uh, Ronald Curse. Do you think that Jeff will get a second WWE Hall of Fame? Yeah, one day. I, I think I think he and Matt are going to be slam dunks, but it's going to be after their wrestling careers are long over. Just like Jericho, just like Moxley, just like uh, Brian Danielson. They'll all get in one day or another, maybe 10 years, 20 years down the line. But yes, I do think they will all get in. We are way over on time. Uh, we had a lot to get into today, guys, so sorry I wasn't as uh, attentive to the chat as I normally am. Yes, as Paul brings up, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. I keep forgetting that's on Sunday. Uh, I got a busy weekend ahead. I hope you guys have a fun, safe weekend. Welcome to my TED Talk. Get a ride. Have a safe weekend. And let's see what other news breaks. You know, by the time... By the time yep. the next Mac talk rolls around, we could be talking about three other major stories and forget everything we talked about this week. You guys remember when, like, that Cody Rhodes injury was like, remember when we were talking about MJF and Cody Rhodes? Like, that, that seems like eight weeks ago, eight yeah. months ago. Yeah. Still a decade ago. That's old stuff. CM, CM Punk got injured, too. 
after he won the AEW world title. People we, don't remember. Remember when we thought Cody Rhodes jumping to WWE is going to be the biggest story of the year? That age well. Yeah. How, it aged as well as what, SP3? I didn't say that. You said that. Breast milk out in the sun. Absolutely. Yep. Just like WWE, Barry and Stephanie McMahon, our new interim CEO. Hey. But they but they didn't do a CEO contenders match. Like, what are they thinking? <laughs> Dude, wins and losses don't matter. Unless your name is Vince McMahon. Then wins and losses do matter. By the way, congratulations to Stephanie, by the way. I think that's, uh, you know, that's been vastly overlooked. Is This is a position she's been training well, okay, for. Let me ask you life. What's going to happen to Mr. Uh, uh, Laurinaitis? Oh, he's gone. Yeah, that, yeah. In my opinion, this is strictly my opinion. I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying that I received any inside information, but how it looks for me is that they glossed over John Laronitis in this release when they named Stephanie the interim CEO and uh, chairperson. They didn't really mention John Laronitis. Didn't mention anybody taking his spot as head of talent relations. I think once the investigation is over, he's out of here. I think it might be before that. Somebody's going to be the fall guy for this early on. Somebody's going to be the fall guy for this early on, and then it's going to see how much does the board dig up. Personally, I hope Stephanie just completes the coup, takes over completely, dominates the company, puts somebody else in charge of the creative, and gives a call to Sasha Banks and, you know, mends that relationship very, very, very quickly. because They're going to regret uh, losing her. That's my little bow on all of the big stories uh, here today. Thank you guys for tuning in to Smack Talk. For SB3, for Dutch Mantel, thank you for listening to all hour and 12 minutes of this 45-minute show. <laughs> Enjoy your Father's Day weekend, guys. Take care.